Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Hey, Sunranto listeners, it's Danny Rocket here with another interview episode of the Sunranto Show. And um, out here in Chicago, it's the coldest day of the year. It is negative 20 with the wind chill right now. And, uh, well, we're all freezing our butts off here in Chicago, but my guest today is nice and warm in sunny Arizona. <laughs> um, and uh, his name is Al Yellen. He's the uh, lead editor and writer for Bleed Cubby Blue, which is an SB Nation site. And uh, he's going to get us uh, a, a, at least another uh, episode through this long, but uh, at least World Series shortened off season. So, um, hi, hi, Al. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. So you, uh, probably wanna, you probably don't want to know what the temperature is where I am right now. So uh, it, I won't tell you unless, yes, unless you, you unless you ask. I'd I'd love to know. That make me feel it, bad for not being there. It's sixty five and supposed to be seventy five today. Uh. So. Yeah. yeah, you didn't really want to hear that. No, no. It's I, I always love that moment at spring training when uh, you're sitting out there on the berm in the 80-degree sun and uh, they announce the weather in Chicago. Did you ever catch that when you're sitting yeah, there on the berm? You know, it's funny. You probably remember the one March when it was really warm in Chicago. So, you know, Tim Sheridan, who's the PA announcer, came out and said, in sunny Mesa, it's 81, and in Chicago, it's 85, and it, there was this audible gasp from the crowd. <laughs> Boo! Like, why did we pick this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually, it's uh, it's met with tons and tons of cheers of people being yeah, glad they got out it's of like this. 28 in Chicago, and it's 85 in, in Mesa. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's usually pretty brutal out here, and it's brutal today. So, um, on these uh, interview shows, we've been playing a game. Did you get uh, my email about the game that we play? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting, interesting thing. I'm trying to, I was trying to think of things that uh, you know people wouldn't guess too much, but that wouldn't give too much away. It's like I don't want to give away all my secrets. <laughs> uh, well, this is the Sunranto show, so I'm going to get them out of you either way. Um, but uh, it's two truths and a lie. So, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, why don't you go first? Okay, here's my three, and you got to pick out the lie. I have eaten cow brains. I have eaten a chocolate-covered grasshopper. I have eaten a clam that was still moving when it went down my throat. I'm going to guess that the cow brains is the lie. Nope, it's chocolate-covered grasshopper. Oh, no, you actually ate cow brains. Oh, that's that's. I just did. Gross. It it was it was at a Russian restaurant, and I was feeling adventurous, so I ordered the cow brains. And I must admit, I I ate like a couple pieces, and uh, really couldn't 
couldn't really take the texture of it, but yeah, I I have a never eaten a chocolate covered grasshopper, and I did eat a clam that was still moving as it went down my throat, which also is one of my more squeamish culinary experiences. So all when, of those things sounded pretty squeamish to me. So <laughs> they, they, yeah, they are. They none of them sound good to me, and um, I would try a chocolate covered grasshopper though. No, nope. I, 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 I see chocolate covered insects, you know, like for sale in stores. And, you know, times it looks a little tempting, and then it's like, no, not really. I'll just eat plain chocolate because they have an insect in it. <laughs> yeah, when you have a choice between, like, chocolate with nugget or chocolate with grasshopper, it's a, it's a pretty clear choice. Yeah, an easy choice, right? <laughs> so uh, what are your three? Let's see if I can get All right, so uh, here's three. Uh, I have two kids in their 20s. I was born in New York. I've seen the Cubs play in three different countries. Three countries. Hmm. Yeah. I. I th- yeah. Three countries. I think you've seen. Because you went. I think you went to Japan. So. I, and then it, I saw you in Toronto, and I know U.S. So. So then it's two kids, in their twenties. And what was the other one? I was born in New York. Oh, New York. I'm going to say born in New York. You are correct. I was born in Chicago. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. Actually, if you count Puerto Rico as a country, I've actually seen the Cubs play in four countries. I mean, Puerto Rico has, you know, they have their own Olympic team and they have their own team in the World Baseball Classic. They're not really a separate country, but they are for sports purposes. So technically, that's a fourth country. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I guess they've been – some people want them to become a state, I guess. I don't know if they want yeah. that. Oh, but uh, yeah, that was fun. I went to when the, the Montreal Expos were playing down there for a few games, and I went to see the Cubs play. That, that was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, I've never been to Puerto Rico, but I I would love to be there right now. <laughs> I tell you that I'm much. Sure, yeah, yeah, it would be very nice to be in Puerto I'm Rico. You're gonna right go now. have dinner with Javi Baez's family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some winter ball, sure, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, so Al, I wanted to have you on the show because you've uh, written a book, and I wanted to have you on before Christmas because everybody that's a Cub fan can go out and buy your book, which is called A Season for the Ages, How the 2016 Chicago Cubs Brought a World Series to the North Side and Changed the World, which I actually hear recently just won the award for the longest subtitle of 2016. <laughs> that's a pretty long, yeah, is a pretty long subhead for sure, but yeah, it would be awesome if, uh, if people would buy the book. Um, it was fun to write. It was, you know, it was a, it was a heck of a ride this whole season, and it was just nice to be able to, you know, kind of spill out uh, a lot of words about not just the season, but kind of a little bit about Cubs history, a little about, bit about my my life and my journey as a Cubs fan, and, and a little bit about what it all means. Although I will tell you that the deadline for this book was very tight. Uh, I had to have it all done 12 hours after the last out. <laughs> wow. and so you know they wanted me to, to write a chapter uh about what it all means it's like i'm not even sure i believe that it really happened yet <laughs> right so, I mean, how do i write about what it all means but i think it came out i think it came out all right so so you're saying you wrote the last chapter drunk on champagne well kind of yeah well, I, I you know i tried to not drink too much so that i would at least be sort of sober when i when i was writing I, you know i'll tell you how this all went down you know uh couldn't go to Cleveland because I knew I had the deadline for this book and it would never have gotten done if I had gone to Cleveland for game seven. Yeah. So instead I watched at home, um, had a little champagne. I went up, I went back on my, on my deck, um, just to get some air about maybe half hour after the game ended. And I could hear the cheering from Wrigley. That's two and a half miles from my house, wow. which was really freaky. And so then, you know, I, I was too wired to sleep. 
that night. So I figured, well, I got to get a Bleed Cubby Blue recap written. So I went and did that. That took about three and a half hours because it was, you know, a lot longer and, and it needed to be a lot, you know, cover a lot more things than a normal recap. So then it's, you know, it's about a quarter to four in the morning and I went to sleep for a couple hours and then I got up and finished the book. So, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I was dealing with, uh, you know, lack of sleep for a good couple of weeks after that. Oh yeah. I, I was too. Being in Cleveland, I didn't go to bed till five in the morning that night either. I mean, I sat up, I went, was with an Indians fan and he was really proud of his team and what they had done, but we could not go to sleep. We just sat there on the couch. Uh, we didn't even make it through our bottle of champagne just because yeah. we were so wired and everything. But, um, and what a thing to like have to, I mean, I don't know that I still have perspective on it even at this, even a month and change out, you know, about what it all meant for the Cubs to win the World Series after being uh, the, such a long drought, a historic drought. And what does it mean to you that the weight is lifted off of the shoulders of the Cubs fans right now? And- you know, it's, I kind of feel the same way you do. It's still, you know, it's almost six weeks later, and it still hasn't quite sunk in. You know, for all of our lives, we've all... You know, has on this kind of quest as fans to get to where we are now, and now we're here, and it's like, well, now what do we do? There's no more. There's no more drought to bust. There's no more quest to. You know, first of all, they broke the drought of not even getting the World Series with 71 years. So that you know, that's a long time, longer than the lifetime of, of, of most Cubs fans. I mean, there were some who were who were around, but not many. Um, and so you've broken two droughts within a period of a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, your almost your meaning as a Cubs fan has changed. So, what does that mean now? I mean, do you want? Of course, you want to win again. You know, you go into next year; it's another baseball season. Of course, you want to win again. But if it never happens, if they never win again in my lifetime, I saw it once, mm-hmm. and that, that was really kind of the, the the meaning of my life and maybe your life and, and everybody's life as a Cubs fan is to just. We just wanted it once. I mean, you you, you saw the T-shirt. You've seen the T-shirts. Just one before I die. Yeah. And now we have the one. So it's going to take a while to kind of figure out what we do with that. Well, I guess there's nothing to do but die. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather stick around for a little while and see if they can do it again. You know, that would so that you know so there's a little bit of a quest. You know, see if they can win. You know, because the last time they won a World Series, they did it again the next year. So maybe they can do that again. Do you think one World Series is enough to kind of get rid of the lovable loser, uh, you know, biggest party uh, bleachers, you know, in America? Is is one you World know, Series enough to get rid of that? Um, you know, the bleacher party vibe? thing is always going to be there because there's, you know, there's always going to be people like that who just want to, you know, because Wrigley Field is different than any other ballpark. It It is a destination in itself almost more so than seeing, you know, than being a serious baseball fan and watching the games and, and wanting the Cubs to win. There are there are always going to be people who just go out there and party. But, like, for the rest of the stuff, you know, you know, the GOAT and the Black Cat and Steve Bartman and all that other nonsense, it's all gone, at least as far as I'm concerned. This World Series killed all that. We are now, you know, we have now we have the shortest World Series drought of any team. <laughs> yeah. For a year. Well, well uh, yeah, I mean, next year, if we do make the World Series again, I think they'll probably say, they used to have a black cat. They used to have a goat, and we'll yeah, still they, have you to know, hear Let's it. hope instead of doing that, if the Cubs do get in the World Series in 2017, that you know people will say, hey, you know, look what they did just one year ago in last year's World Series. So that would be something that we could look, you know, look forward to seeing. One thing I personally look forward to seeing, since I couldn't make it to Cleveland, I got one thing left. 
I want them to see. I want to see them win the World Series in person at home. Oh yeah, uh, you know that was the same thing for Red Sox fans because the first when they broke their drought, they won on the road in St. Louis in 2004. They won in Colorado in 2007. So it took until the third time in 2013 before they won a World Series at Fenway. So you know that was a real big thing for them, and I think it's really the same for Cubs fans. I think for you know for those of us who couldn't make it to Cleveland, we'd like to see them win it at home. Now, do you do you think that the Cubs win the World Series of 2016 if they have home field advantage? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, for one thing, they would not have been able to have Kyle Schwarber in Game 7, mm-hmm. except as a pinch hitter. So, you know, he obviously got a key hit in the 10th inning rally. Uh, they were able to use him as a DH in four games. If they, had not, if they had had home field, they would have only had him as a DH in three games. So it's a reasonable question. Um, you know, I, you probably know how I feel about the DH. I, I'm ready to have it in, in all games. I'm tired of seeing pitchers trying, you know, flailing away at balls that they can never hit and not even being able to bunt. And, you know, people talk about the strategy, and there is something to that. But in terms of strategy, you know, when a pitcher comes up in the middle innings and you're behind, you're going to pinch hit for him. It's not really strategy. It's kind of a by-the-book thing. So I would like to see the DH. Kyle Schwarber is a kind of a born DH, so that would be ideal for the Cubs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's probably going to be a while before that happens if it does. So, you know, we're going to keep having this DH or no DH argument probably for, for a long time. Yeah, it, it, I, I think we will until they change it. I mean, I I personally like like uh, pitchers hitting because I like the strategy, which is why I have the perfect solution, which I've told you before, which is you can only uh, that you can only DH for the starting pitcher. It's, that's a really interesting concept, and if they did if they did that in both leagues, that would you know that would really bring more strategy into it because then you then you'd have to decide well you know do you stick with a starting pitcher who's really going well even if you're behind do you bat for him which that means you know do you do you, do you take that pitcher out which means then you'd have to use pinch hitters the rest of the way mm-hmm. that would kind of be an interesting idea. Yep. Yeah, well, they they certainly don't listen to me. That's for sure, because ticket prices are up, beer prices are up, and if it was my way, I'd still be paying four bucks to sit in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I hear you, but you know, unfortunately, when, when players are getting $30 million contracts, that's just not going to fly, I and mean, the price of everything goes up, and you know, TV money isn't going to pay for all of it. The ticket buyer has to pay for some of it, Yeah, and obviously, the Cubs, having won the World Series, I guess you know, man, I guess you, know, you can't really blame them for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that they did raise the prices uh, for next year to uh, average twenty percent. And given what the Cubs have done so far this off season, uh, do you think they'll be a better or worse team than in twenty sixteen? Well, you know, to be one hundred and three wins is really good. You know, that was the most any Cubs team had won since nineteen ten. And you know, one hundred and three wins is really hard to do. The Cubs could win ninety five games in twenty seventeen which is eight games worse, and they could still win the division by a lot. You know, 95 wins is still a really good season. So, you know, the particular players that got them through 2017, you know, they got through, except for Schwarber, they got through most of the season really without any any really bad injuries. Um, you know, they may or may not be that lucky in 2017. Dexter Fowler's gone. That, I think, is going to be, you know, that's a big loss to, to not have him at the top of the lineup. So, even if... They even if you get performances that are almost as good, other teams could be better. You know, it, it, every season is different. This team is certainly positioned to win. You know, to keep winning ninety plus games for a few years, 
So, you know, I might call for them to win 95 games in 2017. That's a worse team, but it's still probably a division champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, but given what you've seen that, you know, maybe some of the teams on the West Coast have done, Kenley Jansen going back to the Dodgers and Justin Turner, uh, I mean, that might that's looking like the division to beat right now, but, you know, it's all on paper. So, I mean, you're talking about the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers basically made three Stan Pat moves. They re-signed Jansen and Turner and Rich Hill, and Rich Hill's, a year, you know, they're all a year older. Uh, that was a good team, but it had its weaknesses. The one thing the Dodgers will have next year that didn't have all of 2016 is of a full year of Clayton Kershaw. And so, yeah, that, that'll be a tough team to beat. But you know what? Look, the Cubs got to game six of the championship series, and they beat Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. So it's obvious they can do that. And would I settle for a rematch against those guys in the championship series? Oh, hell yes. It, well, especially because we get to go to Los Angeles in October. <laughs> which is yeah, a- where, it was, where it was 95 degrees out there. That was just crazy. Yeah. Now, uh, so the Cubs finally win it. Uh, which my next question was, all right, so why did they choke all those years? Like, what is it? Well, if you had could put, point your finger at one overarching, you know, 70 years, 70 years span of uh, why the Cubs did not, you know, even get to a World Series, who, who would you blame? Bad management. It's, it's basically bad management. You know, you know, the Wrigley's, um, you know, go back a little farther than that seven years. The Wrigley, you know, Wrigley ownership, when William Wrigley was the owner until 1932 when he died, they were at the forefront. He, you know, William Wrigley was a big baseball fan. He was kind of like the Tom Ricketts of his era. He loved the Cubs. He loved baseball. And he went out and got good players and, and, and hired good managers to do it. And then when he died, you know, his son PK wasn't, wasn't really a baseball fan, was more interested in marketing Wrigley Field as, you know, a fun place to go. And he just put bad people in place. He had bad ideas like the College of Coaches. And so, you know, the, and, the, and he was cheap. And the team was bad for so many years. They didn't have the money to spend on, uh, you know, first it was amateur free agents before the draft. And then they didn't draft well. So that was the Wrigley ownership. You know, people bash Tribune Company ownership all the time. But, you know, they, they owned the team for 28 years. And um, in 28 years, they made the playoffs six times. You know, that's reasonably – that's reasonably decent record they came really close to getting to the world series twice they had the best record in baseball in 2008 and got blown out in the division series why you know who knows why they just had three bad games at the worst possible time mm-hmm. some of it, most of it's bad management some of it's bad luck so um now if you can wave like some sort of magic wand over that history and change one thing about either the Cubs or what happened or the, or the Cubs fans or Wrigley Field or anything Cubs related, what would you change about? One thing, you know, one thing I think I would have, I would have given the Cubs a better bench in 1969 because that team just, you know, Leo DeRocher wore them out because he had no bench to, uh, you know, to give the you know, regulars like Banks and Sano and Williams days off. If those guys had had days off with decent bench players and they had – made the playoffs that year, maybe won the pennant, gotten into the World Series in 69, I think that team probably would have made the playoffs three or four more times because once you get over that hump, it's going to keep happening because then you have the confidence you know that you've won. Um, Because that team choked and didn't have a manager who understood modern baseball, uh, they were never able to get over that hump. But I I would have liked to have seen those guys win because you know those were the heroes of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, several of them made the Hall of Fame. 
And I'm glad that Billy and Fergie were still around to enjoy this World Series win. Uh, it's, it's very, very sad that Ron Sano and Ernie Banks didn't make it to, to do that. But, you know, those guys would have been the most beloved in Cubs history if they had made the World Series and won the World Series. This group, the, one, the group that just won, you know, we'll have to take a few years to have perspective on it. But years from now, we will look back on Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks and John Lester and Jake Arrieta and Addison Russell and all those guys. They will be beloved just like those guys are beloved. You know, there's, there's a real chance that we might have a couple of Hall of Famers on this team. Rizzo and Bryant both have at least a chance to put together a Hall of Fame career. So, you know, 20 years from now, we may be looking at those guys that way. Yeah, it's, it, it really is a shame that the old-timers didn't get to see, or most of them didn't get to see the World Series uh, championship. And it's like, I know a lot of people had, when the Cubs did win the World Series, they had, um, I guess, a, a thoughts of people that didn't get to see it grandfathers and uh, aunts and uncles and big cub fans in their life uh did you have anybody that got you into the cubs that started you off being a cubs fan well, you know i you know, like the like the real like the, uh, almost everybody's story and you know, i got taken by my dad to a cubs game when i was almost seven years old that was the first time and i'm sure that's around that's around the age when you can really first start to enjoy a game in person kind of really understand what it all means now my dad is still around he's 95 He's not as big a baseball fan as I am, but that's kind of what got it started. And then, you know, what really started for me is after I went to Wrigley Field, then I found out that you could watch the Cubs on TV every day after school because mm-hmm. it was all day games. And, they, you know, so that was the kind of thing that got me interested in baseball. And that was the era when Ernie Banks and Ron Sano and Billy Williams and Fergie Jenkins were becoming big stars. And then, you know, the first few years that I was a kid and I was a fan, they were bad. And then all of a sudden in 1967 – they became uh, a good team, a contender for the first time in 20 years. And that, of course, got a lot of people more interested in, in the Cubs. So I think that the, the combination of, you know, just being taken to the Wrigley Field like so many people were, the game's always on TV at WGN, and then all of a sudden, you know, right when you're, you know, just before adolescence, when that's the time when you really get deep into baseball, this team suddenly became a really good team. I think that's what did it for me. Yeah, it, that's pretty much my my story too. I got into it in, eight, in like eighty two, eighty three, and then the eighty four Cubs happened, <laughs> and uh, got my little ten year old heart broken. But right, that's, yeah, right. That's exactly the, the kind of age where you're you're like, you're like really into everything, all the stats and all the players, and and you know you're focused on that because you're too young to really be interested in girls, um, and and so baseball is your thing in, in those years. And and so, you know, for, for me, it was 69. For you, it was 84. For younger guys, uh, younger people than us, maybe 2003 was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that's kind of how it happens. So you've been into the Cubs for a long time, but how long have you been writing for Bleed Cubby Blue? And, uh, I mean, because you're one of the most prolific Cubs writers out there. I mean, you, you write not only for Bleed Cubby Blue, but other SB Nation sites uh, from time to time. And um, so how long have you been doing the, the – the blog. I started a personal blog in 2003, and most of it was, you know, it wasn't all Cubs, but it quickly turned into about 95% Cubs. And then the, when SB Nation got started in 2005, they approached me and asked me if I wanted to join their their group, and I thought it would be a good idea, and it kind of turned into, you know, turned into full-time work, which is very rewarding. So uh, Bleed Cubby Bull will have its 12th uh, anniversary in February, and that's kind of like, that's a long time. Yeah. In in internet years, it's uh, it's like yeah. being eighty three. 
Yeah, it's like it's like you know, it's like centuries in internet use. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, because it's such a popular blog, uh, you know, I know that there's been lots of controversy and like, well, I call them fuckwad idiots <laughs> that uh, you know have been in and out of the site, give you a hard time, and it, you know, I just. It bothers me the way that a certain particular group of very vocal uh, haters come after you at at times. And I I was wondering if you have any kind of response to, you know, that type of person, the troll. You know, I I just I don't really want to get get into name calling here, so I won't I won't do what you did. Um, no, I, I'll I, say it all for I, you, Al. <laughs> I personally find it I find it really kind of sad that actual human beings would spend a significant portion of their lives just bashing somebody, so another another human being, just because they disagree about how a baseball team is run. Yeah. That's just that's just kind of weird to me. Um, you know, I. I don't. I don't know if I can say anything more. I, I just think it's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you because uh, some of them jump on me from time to time, you know, and uh, and I I I always say that I'm like, man, I must be the greatest guy ever because you spend all this time, <laughs> you know, on bashing me like it's ridiculous. But it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I I just want to say, uh, if you are one of those people and you're listening to this, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> that's that's all I got to say about it. Um, but uh, they do. Lots of people do want to know: Do you indeed love bologna sandwiches? <laughs> um, I'd like to say that the answer to that is no. I think the <laughs> kind of, you know, it's, it, that's kind of like the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and um, it's like I, I don't want to go any. I don't want to go any farther. I know, that. I know, I know. It's a it's a, a bone of contention around these parts, but it's it had to be asked, you know. Um, I, I just I find it weird too. I mean, I know that a lot a lot of uh, people that are out there big, like especially like Julie DeCaro, you know, some of the stuff that she faces and the sexism and and just the hatred that comes through it. I mean, it's it's got to be hard to deal with, you know. But um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll say, and I know maybe some of them are listening even right now that you know sometimes I'm not in the mood to hear that, and it hurts my feelings, you know, personally. And and I try to have thick skin about it, but like. You know, it's not slow your roll, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I've been told the same thing. You know, yeah, you know, have a thicker skin, have a thicker skin, and it's like, okay, you you can do that absolutely up to a point, and then after a certain point, you start thinking, why are you still doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, why do I have to hear this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if they were, if you were in a room with them, you'd walk out of the room. <laughs> you well, know, or punch yeah. him in the mouth. <laughs> My feeling is, and this is one of the things that I've said at Believe Club, you know, one of the things that you see when you first sign up, you know, if you wouldn't say this to somebody you were in the same room and looking face to face, then don't say it on the site. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking if I was in the same room with those people, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, to- I totally agree. It's uh, it's cowardly. You know, I'll say that much about it. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. So, um so a couple more questions. Actually, just really w- one and then a final game I'm going to spring on you. <laughs> You're not going to like it, though. Um, but uh, but if, if, you could be a, if you could be a fan of any other baseball team in the same way that you're a fan of the Cubs with writing about the team and constantly at the games, what, what team would it be and why would you choose that team? That's a good question. I mean, there are – you know, I probably wouldn't pick another National League team because it's been – 
you know, I've had so many years being their rivals, and it would be hard to like, you know, like another National League team. Mm-hmm. There are some American League teams that I have uh, some respect for. You know, for for a long time, uh, I thought the Red Sox were kind of like the Cubs' big brothers. They were like the team. They were the team that got to the World Series and then lost it. You know, like we were the team that never got there. Yeah. Since they won the, you know, they won three World Series, they've kind of become a little bit insufferable and. I, I want to hope that Cubs fans don't become like that. I want us to become gracious winners, and I hope we can do that. I'm going to try to do that. Uh, one team I've actually actually liked quite a bit uh, over the years. I've gone to some games there, and I kind of like you know the fan base is really interesting. Is the Detroit Tigers? Um, you know they've got some great history there. They've won some World Series. They've had some crushing defeats. They've had a lot of great players. So yeah, I think maybe if I had to pick one team, let's make it the Tigers. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I mean. My father was a Tigers fan, and he's the one that got me into baseball, so I've always had an affinity for them, too. Plus, they got that really cool-looking gothic D on the hat. Yeah, I mean, they, they, the Tigers have great uniforms. That's a classic look that they've had for, you know, almost 100 years. And, um, you know, I know their fans love it. they got a great fan base. i got a lot of – got friends who are Tigers fans. So, yeah, the Tigers are cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, Cubs-Tigers World Series would be awesome. You know, we should have had one in 1984. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to someday see a Cubs-Tigers World Series. You know, I was t- talking about who the Cubs would play in the World Series. And, you know, people have people have said sometimes, well, you know, what, what would happen if the Cubs ever played the White Sox in the World Series? You know, would the city even survive? And I've always felt the Cubs needed to play somebody else first before they played the White Sox. Just like, you know, the White Sox played the Astros and, and won that World Series. Now the Cubs have played the Indians and won their World Series. Now the Cubs and White Sox can play each other. Mm-hmm. I think we'd be okay if that happened. Yeah. Well, it certainly won't happen next year. <laughs> no, no. The White Sox are doing the right thing now. They're trading away the, the guys they can trade. They're trying to rebuild. They got, some, they got some pretty good young players in return. They actually kind of, did, I think, did the right thing. You know, they may not get a lot of people in their house uh, in 2017 because they're not likely going to be very good. But, uh, you know, in a couple of years, they might be. Yeah. Well, I was considering maybe becoming a Sox fan so I could uh, pay the same prices I paid in 2013 at Wrigley. <laughs> to get You'll be able to find tickets on the street for nothing. For That's Sox. It, it just, just like 2013 around Wrigley. I, I traded. I don't remember, know if you remember the article I wrote. I just traded a baseball ticket or a Cubs I, ticket for a bag of peanuts. <laughs> you remember that. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> So, all right, the final um, uh, thing I have to ask you is we, we play a game on this show also called, are you familiar with the game Fuck, Kill, Mary? Which you have to uh, ch- no, I will say I definitely have not heard of that. All before. right, so you have to choose of the three people I give you, which one you would fuck, which one you would kill, <laughs> and which one you would marry. And oh, no. The three people I've chosen for you are Steve. I reserve, I reserve the right to not answer any <laughs> of this. You, you wouldn't be the first one. The last time I asked this question was to Evan Altman, and he said, oh, I got to go. I got to go. Call coming in. <laughs> and that was the end of the interview. Um, but uh, I've picked uh, Steve Stone, Harry Carey, and Jack Brickhouse. Oh, boy. I think I better pass on all three of those. <laughs> well, I, I mean. Uh, let's, let's just say they're all, they're all great broadcasters, and I enjoyed listening to them and watching them on, t- on TV. Well, I could tell you who I'd pick. I'd, Steve Stone is definitely the fuck one because he was in Playgirl. So you know that he's got it. You're right. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I had, I had kind of forgotten that. And now, of course, 
Now I remember the at this point. Sorry, sorry, you have to come again on that. I, I, you broke, you uh, froze up for a yeah, moment. I, you know, I, I forgot about Steve Stone and Playgirl, and now I remember it. And now I can't unsee it. <laughs> it. It's, it's definitely a memorable photo. I, I uh, posted on Twitter from time to time just to remind everybody that it happened. Um, yeah, between uh, I don't know who Jack Brickhouse is before my time, but he seemed like a stand-up guy. So I'd probably marry him. Uh, Harry Carey, uh, you know, was such a drunk. I'd have to, uh, I don't think he'd be very fun to be married to. Uh, <laughs> so you'd have to sketchy about that probably. Yeah. Well, she's still, at least, uh, he has her set up with, uh, as a restaurant owner for the mm-hmm. rest of her time, but that's, that's the way I'd go with it. But no, that's a tough one. That's th- those are always tough questions. And the beautiful thing is there's no right answer. <laughs> uh, well, that's for sure. Uh, except for, I, except there, I don't think I can answer that. There's the right answer for me. <laughs> So, um, everybody, uh, this is Al Yellen here, and uh, he's the editor and lead writer for Bleed Cubby Blue, an SB Nation site, and he's recently written a book that you can get for Christmas, and it makes a great stocking stuffer. It's mostly available on Amazon, and it's uh, A Season for the Ages, How the 2016 Chicago Cubs Brought a World Series to the North Side and Changed the World, and uh, it certainly did change my world, and uh, I know it changed your world at least our our view of being a cubs fan world and it did and I, I don't know that we'll really know what that means maybe for for a while uh till we see the cubs on a field next year i guess at least at least that long yeah well unfortunately the way they might have unfortunately changed the world is by bringing us a trump presidency because hell froze over and now satan is is the uh, president yeah. don't, be, don't even get me started yeah unlike uh bleed cubby blue i do go a little political on this show but uh but we'll save that for uh the next sun ranto episode in the meantime al thanks for coming on the sun ranto show and everybody, if you don't know about Bleed Cubby Blue, uh, you should. And uh, go listen, go uh, read all the great articles because Al's posting about what two or three a day, even in the off season. Yeah, I got to keep up with stuff in the off season. I, I do, you know, uh, as, uh, in addition to like the player moves and all that, a little bit of history. Uh, you know, I like history is one of my interests. So, like, write about Cubs history and baseball history. Oh, we can we can try to sell that book, your Cubs by the Numbers book. That's your first yeah, That's a kind of a, a cool thing. We, we just did an update of uh, Cubs by the Numbers, which is a history of the Cubs with each chapter being all the guys who wore a uh, specific uniform number. It's not not just lists of numbers. I mean, it's like the stories behind the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's updated through the 2015 season. So you can, you can grab both those on Amazon. I know that uh, at least Season for the Ages is, is available in uh, Chicago area bookstores. I, I think the other one may be also. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you heard it here first, or maybe not first, but if you're hearing it for the first time, go buy it today. Makes a great uh, stocking stuffer. I know any Cubs fan would uh, love to have a book. And hey, support your local Cubs writers because uh, you know we don't make we don't make that much money. <laughs> so uh, go buy the book. Um, so Al, thanks for coming on the show, and I appreciate you uh, coming on the Sun Ranto show and uh, having a little fun with us. Sounds or, good. Or thanks me. for having me, Danny. All right. Thanks, Al. The Cubs are raising prices for tickets. Give them all your dough. Treating you like an ATM. One beer will cost you ten. My friends and I cannot afford to go. 
Oh, the cops are raising prices for tickets. Gonna cost you more. Cause the Cubs won the World Series. Now even the cheapest seats I cannot afford. They're gonna make revenue off of me, off of you if the games you want to attend. Sell all your stocks and get over the shock. They raise prices 20%. Cause next year they will probably raise prices once again. Oh, the Cubs are raising prices for tickets. Watch the game at home. Wrigley Field, I bid you farewell. Maybe go to the cell. No way, I'll just listen on radio. Oh, the Cubs are raising prices for tickets. Can't go if you're poor. Cause they're taking all our money. Guess I'll watch them on TV. Now we can't afford Cubs tickets. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com.